Hi, welcome back to She's, She's Nice, nice Not stupid. stupid. I'm Kim. And I'm Mary. And it's the show where we talk a lot of shit and we cry about a lot of shit. <laughs> we didn't cry last week, though. Yeah, we didn't. Very I'm, proud. I'm proud. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's been going on with you, Kim? What's nice? What's stupid? Um, what was nice? What couldn't think about nice? um i'm back on like my routine of like regularly working out which i feel really great so that's very nice um what was stupid is speaking about health my (laughs) my second cat he like has a breathing problem like you know like squished face doggies and so my boyfriend like well what's his breed what what are the breeds he's a british short hair so um my boyfriend like was like bring him to the vet what if he has asthma? Blah, 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 blah. I bring him to the vet. Motherfucker has herpes. I was really like, what do you mean? He's a virgin. <laughs> and he's fixed. <laughs> oh, my God. Your cat's been being a hoe. Like, he's leaving out in the middle of the night to go find some other slutty cats. Not slutty. We're not shaming people with SDL. But your cat be doing this thing. Yeah, so um, herpes is not the same in cats as it is for humans. It's just a respiratory problem. Yeah, so I was like, what? What are you talking about? My child has herpes. And um, so, yeah, I just have to, like, give him some antibiotics and, like, some, like, I don't know, whatever, to help his immune system, like, fight it. And it will, like, clear up his nose. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to poop. Oh, nice. <laughs> we have to wait. No, no it's okay. Oh, yeah. It'll be fine. I'm just saying. Sumo is pooping. No, Soju is pooping. In and then speaking of this herpy ass cat <laughs> staring at me. Um, yeah, because when you told me, I was like, does oh, so did Sumo get his booty hole checked? Like, is it the same as in humans? Because I was like, no, it's did, totally different. Yeah, I thought they just need to think of a better name. Because... They really do. Yeah. Why would you just say he has a respiratory illness? Yeah. <laughs> like, why is there herpes? <laughs> why not be herpes? <laughs> yeah. You're not talking, Eric. Sorry. Wait, hold on. So, um, can it be cleared up? Um, yeah, it can be cleared up. Okay. But, like, it's, like, the same where it's, like, always going to be there. Okay. Um, so, if he's, like, in a stressful situation, he might, like breathe heavy okay. and like whatever but um he'll have a flare up yeah <laughs> only if he's stressed out okay so weird oh my goodness i know um so what's been nice for me is uh speaking of health i went to my first uh f45 class yesterday oh yes yeah and i've been like thinking about it for a very very long time so as you long. know yeah. yeah i just you know i think about things a lot and then when i decide to do it i just take the plunge it'd be like that sometimes for me um so uh, the only reason why I did it was because it was offered for free mm-hmm. at, um, it was offered through the business association, BIA, whatever, mm-hmm. um, with the city. So they're like, okay, that kitty, sm- that poop smells. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I know, that's not why I wanted to do it in the spare bedroom, but I was like, I can like close the door and then we're not going to have any freaking problems. <laughs> So she decided to just poop on us. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's not even embarrassed. She's looking at us right now. Move the candle over here. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad, my bad. I got distracted. Anyway, so yeah, I went to F45 the first time. 
And I just, everybody told me it was a really hard workout. It's a good workout. You feel invigorated afterwards. And I messaged the girl who organized it and I said, am I going to die? She's like, you're going to die. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll die. And I died. I literally died. I was like, nah, I, I'm going to modify everything. No one is jumping. These 36-year-old knees are not Megan the Stallion knees. They're not happening for me today. So during that class, I was feeling like, wow, what is this sadistic ass shit? Putting, <laughs> yeah. my, putting myself through this much pain. Um, but I loved it. Uh, so that was really nice. And that was also stupid to see where my gaps were lately. So I definitely, like, in just, like, physical gaps. Like, you know how you know how athletic or fit you were back in the day? And you're like, what the hell is this? Mm. What the fuck is that? Like, (laughs) so I felt really tired after, like, during the class, but I felt amazing afterwards. So definitely, I'm probably going to do it again. It's, It's worth it. It's worth it. Okay, well, now is the segment we are welcoming our second guest on this podcast, um, a really good friend of ours who I've known for, we've known for ever. I've known you since you've you've known ba- longer. I've known you since you were a baby, like you were yeah. 14. Um, and we just traveled with each other in this journey called life. We really did. Yeah, we mm-hmm. really did. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Eric Balong, also known as X. Yes, hi. <laughs> Eric Bilai Hong. Oh, sorry. Because at the time I knew you as just my one last name, because yes. that was the only one I was using. And then as I got older, I was like, wait, I have both my parents' last names? And then I ended up using both of them, and now I find pride in it. It's like both so my last crazy names. that we know each other that way. No, no, no. That like, there's so many people that like learn at such a late age, like, oh, my last name is actually hyphenated. Yeah, <laughs> right? And it's because because I have, you know, a Laotian last name, like both my parents. And then, um, when I grew up, because my parents were separated, I lived with my mom. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to use Bala Bong. And I, that's, I, I, it's not like I decided. It was just what I was told to use. Mm-hmm. And, then, um, and then when I lived with my dad, I used Vila Hong. And I, was like, and I was like, okay. And then I didn't look until I looked at my like, actual um, documents. I was like, oh, it's both my parents' last names. Like, I want to use both. Because like, mm-hmm. why am I going to represent mm-hmm. just one? I think it was oh, just based off more so because that's who I was living with. So it just made sense. But then now that I think about it, I'm like, but it's not like my last name was different when I lived with you or you. I just thought that it made sense at the time, but now I'm like, no, I want to use both because I want totally to represent sense. both sides of my family. That makes sense. When you're growing up, you're like, oh, I'm with my mom, so I'm going to use my mom's Yeah, name. right? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's funny because I, I dated a Laotian guy and all his life he was known as, say, for example, his, his name was John. Yeah. And then everybody just called him John until he looked at his birth certificate and it was a completely different name. It was oh. a whole Laotian, last, uh, Laotian first name. Yeah. And he goes... Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So anyway, give a background. You want to give a little bit of background for the listeners oh who might God. not know who you are? Where do we start? Do we start from where we started? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so yes, my name is Eric and I grew up in Ancaster, which is where we all met at mm-hmm. working together at a restaurant. Um, yeah, I went to school for design, like art and design. And then I went to another program for interaction design, graduated from that. Um, couldn't really find a job, a consistent like job in the field, but I stuck with the food industry ever since that was my first job working with you two. Um, and ever since then I've always worked in the food industry as like my, that was like my staple job, like my consistent job. I could always find a job in the food industry cause I guess that's, I just found comfort in that. And then, um, and then, yeah, I was just doing 
that, working in the food industry, multiple food industry jobs, but always committing to one. I feel like that's my style of working. I always work somewhere for, like, years. I'm not the type of, like, I'm not, like, a chronic working at multiple places. I like to commit to, like, one place. Mm -hmm. So I worked there. And then from, obviously, using what my um, school taught me, I kind of merged my two worlds where, where I was working with doing freelance design stuff with the restaurants that I work with. So I, I did a lot of graphic design for you at Pinto. And then I did a lot of graphic design work for even like Spring Rolls when I worked there just because I was kind of like, it just made sense. Like I've already worked in there and they need design stuff. So I'm like, oh, I can do it. And that was like my my way of doing creative stuff. Um, and then, yeah, and then COVID times happened. I was doing that for a bit, kind of. And then I moved to Brampton to live with my dad when we didn't live in Ancaster anymore. because My mom moved to Edmonton. So I lived in Brampton afterwards, and then I continued just working at food industry jobs and then never really found a job. And then um, worked. my most recent job was working at a cafe, um, the Cold Pressery in Mississauga, and then I did their social media as well. So that was also using something that I learned in school because mm -hmm. I didn't just do graphic design in school. I did like social media and um, interaction technology and human interaction and things like that. So it was still kind of in the same world. And then I... The cafe closed, that location closed due to COVID times or just difficulties. And then I was out of a job and then I started to learn tattooing at home because one of the customers at that cafe, she started to do stick and poke tattooing at her house because she was a personal trainer, but she mm -hmm. couldn't do that because gyms were closed. So she learned to do at home and got really good in like a span of six months. So I got a few tattoos from her. And then um, one day I came home from like when I got this one here. And then Kevin was like, that's so good. And he was like, why don't you do stick and poke tattooing? And I was like, why does it make so much sense in every yeah. way? I wasn't like, mm, no. I was like, no, yes. Like, <laughs> I want to try it. And it just made so much sense. And I think it's because I saw someone do it within their house in six months. Like, I have tattoos before that, but I never left the tattoo studio. Like, I want to be a tattoo artist because I, mm. I don't even know where to start with that. And I know that there's an extensive, like, process and you have to get an apprenticeship sometimes you don't tattoo for years but then seeing someone do it from their house I was like no I can legit do that mm -hmm. so I picked it up and then that was um, beginning of 2020 and now I am here and I'm living my best life and I'm fully like an artist and a tattoo artist and all the things all like the passion I was trying to find when I was younger and like not knowing what I wanted to do it just felt like everything just fell into place and now I just feel like all my answers that I was looking for have been answered that's awesome yeah and the fact that I can't even answer that question is shows my growth, and I'm so proud. Because people will be like, tell me about you. And I'm like, um, I work, and I <laughs> yeah. can't find a job. Mm -hmm. But now I feel like people have things to say about themselves, and it's so awesome. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Well, what was nice and what was stupid? <laughs> oh, I actually have an answer to that. I have an answer. <laughs> is that not what we do? I know, but it's just like, shit. I don't know. It's like, like you're so far along that I feel like I could go off of what you said but oh, I'm just okay. like do I bring it back <laughs> like, I don't know what to do did I give a good answer <laughs> okay okay, 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 okay. great okay. answer yeah awesome. um, my nice and my nice thing was definitely in this last week was registering my business Ooh. and then opening my business bank account so that oh, was like big steps for me because that was step. like I've been doing it for like eight months now but obviously because and I don't want people to think that, you know, finding this path was just so easy. Like before I even started tattooing, I literally um, tried multiple business. I tried to do a social media business with my partner. I tried to do, um, like we were trying to think of, we were going to do a candle making business with crystals inside. Like so many things that we, tr we were in the works of doing. Um, and then the one that we really wanted to commit to was social media business because obviously that's a thing and just like how you had your last guest was mm -hmm. a social media manager too mm -hmm. and I wanted to do it because it was in my world and I was already doing um, social media for the cafe that I worked at so I was familiar with it and then um, yeah it didn't really work out 
So like, I don't want people to think that it was just so easy for me to find this path because I had to get, go through that to get to here. Same thing with like relationships. You don't know you have a good one until you go through the difficult ones. Um, but yeah, that's why I waited. I wanted to wait to commit to start the business, like officiate the business and get, get the account because I want to make sure I want to do it because we did open an account for my la our last business attempt and then we literally didn't do anything with mm. it. So that's why now I feel like, even though I have been literally running my business and doing it, it feels like real now. So I was like, like, it mm -hmm. hit me. I'm like, it's on paper, and then I have a bank account for it. I'm like, whoa, like, mm -hmm. it's, it's real. So that was my nice thing. And then my stupid thing was... What was my stupid thing? Oh, I feel like I had something while I was thinking about it, but my life is just so nice right now. I will say, like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting. Okay, I'm, getting I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting. My life is so nice right now. Um, I guess... I guess a stupid thing would be me, me coming, me thinking I had extra time and then coming late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. I do that all the time where you're like, oh, I'm ahead of schedule. And then you like kind of find things that waste time. Yeah. And then you yeah. waste too much time and you're like, I'm fucking late. Yeah. yeah. And I think because for someone like me who is a Virgo and I'm, I, I'm always very punctual to the point where like I, I'm, I'm always on time. But even if I'm rushing and I speed there or whatever, but I do get there on the minute I'm supposed to be there. Mm. But then as of lately, since I've been discovering more about myself and I'm like pretty sure that I have ADHD, I was telling Mary, I was like, um, it's funny that you, she told me to come at 1130 because uh, a little bit earlier than we were supposed to come, which was 12. I was like, okay. So I got ready at 1130 for 1130. I was like, okay, I'm going to get there at 1130. And then Mary's like, I should come at 12. I was like, oh, wait, I have more time. I was like, oh, give, give Virgos and people with ADHD an earlier time. I'd be like, actually, no, it's the regular time. So we get early, ready early. But then because I got the extra time, I went inside and ate. And then um, in our group chat that we have with all of us, we were like supporting a friend. And I got sucked up in that. And I was like, oh, shit. And then I had to leave. And then yeah. I got here late anyways. I was like, fuck, I ended up being late. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do, so you, do you do the mental gymnastics? I don't know about you. But if you tell me, okay, we're going to get ready for six or we're going to go have dinner for six o'clock, mm -hmm. right? I'm like, okay, so that means that it takes about 45 minutes, maybe an hour to get there with traffic, which means I need to get ready at around 2.33 because I know I want to eat. I want to do this, this. And it's like the whole day is planned out just to get ready to go out for dinner. There's no way I could be like, oh, yeah, I can get ready at five and be there for six. No, I don't live like that. I need mm. to plan at least a few hours before. Um, myself, if it's like something for work or like things like this, mm -hmm. then yes, I do plan things accordingly because like I feel like this type of stuff, professionals, more serious things, like mm -hmm. I have to be on time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but social things, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll be late if I have to. Um, but my boyfriend who's a Libra, I don't know if that's like related, related mm -hmm. or anyway, in any way, um, he's like big on it. So he like will rush me and uh, motherfucker always makes me like 15 minutes early. I'm like, I could have just like been laying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good balance between you two though. Yeah. You find the medium. So you get there like kind of on time, kind of like, but not like over either way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It kind of works out for me. Um, and now that I think about it, I'm always on time for social events when I don't need to be because everyone comes late anyway. Exactly. But then that's for scheduled why. things, I like, when I know I have to be there, I actually end up going late a little bit, but not a lot. Like, never a lot. Always, like, 10 minutes. Or so. But I'm always like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to be late. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's okay. But the funny thing is for me, even though I told someone I was going to be late and you told me no problem, in my head, I'm like, rush. Like, mm -hmm. you, like you have to try to get there on time. But in my head, I'm like, I already told them I was going to be late. So mm -hmm. why am I still mm -hmm. in a panic state? Mm -hmm. But I'm used to that. But then I realize now, because if I do have ADHD, which is not diagnosed, by the way, but I'm pretty sure I do, is that we... we we do everything but the priority. Mm -hmm. Like, we'll go around everything but the priority. And then even if I have something to do, I'll do everything else before I do that. Mm -hmm. But now I'm learning to do the thing I have to do first. But when it comes to, like, going to something like this, I don't plan my whole day. I'd be like, oh, I have to be there at 
um, 12. So I'll look on ways at that time how long I need. And that'll, the only time I need to know is when I need to leave. Mm. But I don't know if that's working so effectively because I was late today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can only be late once. Yeah, So true. you might as well just... True. But I think I'm learning to take the pressure off me and be like, well, and Kevin's teaching me a lot too. He's like, well, you're already late and you already told them. So I'm like, that is true. Who's Kevin? Oh, sorry. Kevin is my partner. Mm-hmm. My soulmate. I love him. We love him too. We love him too. Um, so uh, just a little bit of background about our friend group is that we we have a group of gays and girls mm-hmm. um, who do wholesome and wholesome stuff together, yes. um, which we've mentioned on our podcast in the past. So um, it's nice to bring us together and talk about it. And we just had a moment earlier today where a friend that needed a little bit of support and she wanted some positive energy mm-hmm. and everybody came together and that was so nice. Oh my God. I mine was it. so bad though. <laughs> I was really like, how am I supposed to No, Kim, Kim was giving what she said. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, everything they said, okay? Did it. Co-signed. I um, threw in that she's a Taurus. I love, I know, and it and went it, off. And then it played, so yes, I kind of did contribute. Yes, you did. No, you did. <laughs> I, and, and that's what I loved about it and that's why I kind of was late. Not that it's an excuse, but I got caught up and I was like, I love how she like one person wanted support and it's not that all of us had to say something better it was that we all had different forms of support to give mm. and that's when Kevin was like oh I hope it didn't say or he's like oh I just gave her something else kind of I was like no you gave her what you would give as advice so mm. now whether or not she takes your advice or my advice whatever she has options of advice that she needs and mm-hmm. I love that we all have our own different input and energy and then mm. that person gets to pick like she doesn't use all of our advice, but the fact is that she has so much to choose from. Mm-hmm. Whereas sometimes we don't even have one person to support us on a day-to-day basis. That's true. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we have this group, I'm like, oh, I love this group so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always boast about our group to other groups, and I'm like, sorry, but girls and gays is too lit. Oh. <laughs> and I feel, I feel kind of bad, but I'm like, well, y'all better step up then. Like, yeah. Yeah, right. I'm like, girls and gays turn up for food. We turn up for energy. We don't have to worry. Like, if if people, like, sometimes we don't know our limits. But, but at the same time, we don't have to worry, like, someone's going to cause drama or like we're not fighting like, right. like I love that about our group so much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's very open and we do the spectrum of wholesome and wholesome which I love like that's <laughs> yeah. literally the spectrum but like that's that's like should be life like everyone should have layers like yeah. you shouldn't just be one thing yeah yeah. and I like that our, our group isn't afraid of like getting close in an intimate level too mm-hmm. a lot of my friend groups some of us have been friends for a long time but we still haven't kind of touched base in that intimate part or like mm. the deeper connection which I really crave now mm-hmm. I don't really care much for like surface level talk Mm-hmm. and like small talk mm-hmm. not that like that's not a good thing but I think when I want when people that are close to me I want to have like a deeper connection because like, we're such interesting, interesting people and it shouldn't just be like oh how's things it's good like I want to hear more like I want to know more about what you're mm-hmm. doing what's going on because that's what it's all about <laughs> yeah that's interesting because some people you can't get that deep or you can't have that those vulnerable conversations with people because they don't allow themselves to be vulnerable yeah and I can definitely relate to that because I know that for me, it was really difficult. And I'm I'm more like a watcher when I get into large groups. Mm. I like to observe, like as you do, and just see what it's like and what the dynamic is like before I like truly give myself. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think, I, I, am I ready for that? And are y'all ready for that? So let's dive into it because you mentioned you think you might have ADHD. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> what what prompted that? 
Well, I would say um, it's because I had traits that I always knew that I had, like cutting people off and talking really fast. Like you guys always knew that I talk really fast. And then people around me, especially being in the service industry, I think um, what's funny is that I do talk fast, but I've learned to kind of scale it back a bit. But at the same time, people around me also learn to listen faster, mm -hmm. which is funny because like when people first meet, they're like, you talk so fast. But then everyone around me like, yeah, no, you'll get, you'll, you'll get used to it. And then like people obviously... But then I start to realize, like, I don't want everyone around me to have to adapt to how fast I talk. And especially being in the service industry, I have to speak and, like, speak properly and, like, do my job. So um, I just always thought it was part of me. And then other things that, like, for example, like, prioritizing um, my biggest task sorry, later. And also um, things like procrastinating I've always done during school and did things last minute. I've always had terrible sleeping schedules unless... The thing is, um, but then now when I start to learn things about things recently, I'm like, wait, these are all actually traits that fall under ADHD. Mm. And then I'm like, okay, so I don't want to like diagnose. I, I would love a diagnosis, but at the same time, like I don't, I don't need a piece of paper to tell me my life experiences. Mm -hmm. And it sucks that it's actually it's one of the most studied. Well, we, ADHD people don't think it's a don't want to call it a disorder; it's just a way of thinking. But there's like so much study on it, like one of the most studied disorders. But yet, it's so hard for to get diagnosed in Ontario because you have to get like. Um, recommended to a clinic, I think, or if you go to a clinic, some of them aren't even taking new clients, and then you look at the reviews of the clinics, and it's like, oh, it's it's super hard to get in, or they only care about money, and I'm like, well, I mean, I don't care for the piece of paper, but I would love to tell people about the things that I, the way that I think, and the way that my actions are, and be like, oh yeah, those are ADHD symptoms, rather than just being like, oh, I thought that was just a me thing, mm -hmm. but then that's why, when I start to look into it, I think what meant more to me, rather than just a piece of paper that tells me from a doctor, was like watching a TED talk, I saw this one girl, oh, I forget her name, but she did a TED talk on ADHD, and now she also has a full YouTube channel talking about ADHD. Mm -hmm. And when I was listening to her do this head talk and she was getting emotional and talking about all these things, I was like, I resonated with like, that's my story. Like that's not my story, but like, something that I can relate to in a way that I thought it was just a me thing. Mm -hmm. And then the thing she said was like, if people with ADHD just know that you're not alone, that you're, you're special and you're the, the things that you are actually make you who you are. And, it, and, and I loved hearing that. And she was crying when she cried, I was, I'm crying. I was crying too. And then it was the only thing that I could relate that to was like, the feeling of obviously, also, I, I'm, you probably already know viewers that I'm gay because I have a boyfriend. <laughs> but like, I, the only thing I can relate to was like he, being in the closet and then hearing people like seeing gay people. I'm like, oh my god, I can relate to that, but I don't know why. Or uh, it's like something resonating in me, like it's like it's me too. Mm -hmm. But that's why with the ADHD thing, I got that same kind of feeling where I was like, wait, I feel like that's something that I can relate to on a super deep level. Mm -hmm. um, but but yeah, I, I started to write a list on my phone of like things that I want to start talking about with having ADHD and like what are some of my symptoms so I've, or what are some of the things that I experienced and it's like talking fast, cutting people off, um, like not prioritizing things that I need to and then also like fidgeting and things like that. So um, I don't fall under everything for ADHD because like I'm pretty organized. I'm very organized. I always pay my bills on time and those are some things that ADHD people don't. I have a really clean room but that's why it's like such a broad thing of spectrum of ADHD because you could have such a hyper thing or you could have other things. But, but yeah, I definitely think that I do, it's not diagnosed, but like, I feel like what matters more is that like, I feel that I, like it, it's give, it gives me an answer so that I can now cope with it rather than being like, oh, it's just a you thing. Mm -hmm. And it's also very like dismissing when people, when I talk to people about it and I'm like, oh, I think I have ADHD. And they're like, oh, I think everybody has that or everybody does that. I'm like, oh. And then mm -hmm. people don't realize how dismiss, dismissing that is because I'm trying to feel like heard and understood about myself. But when people around you are like, oh, that's just an everybody thing. I'm just like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Or like when people are like you talk really fast, like why are you talking fast? Like, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know. It's just it's just part of how I think and how I am. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm learning more about myself, like I don't really need the validation of like a doctor or others. I'd be like, no, now I know why I'm this way or the way I think and the way that I act. And now I can like not make everybody around me adapt, but also be more self-aware and then also be able to explain to others why that's also who I am. Mm -hmm. So I'm not gonna change who I am because it's always gonna be part of me. But I'm also gonna know myself better so I can not make other people 
have to adapt to me while also speaking my truth and be like, this is also who I am. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like finding that balance between knowing that this is who I am and being proud of it and embracing it while also like coping with it so that people around me aren't the ones that have to deal with it and I'm not facing it myself, I guess, which mm-hmm. I feel like is important with any mental health or mental health or disorders. Yeah. Sorry, I'll answer. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> um, so ever since you found out or like you felt like you have ADHD, mm-hmm. like, um, and now that you're more self-aware, like what, like what small changes have you been making? Oh, okay. So definitely it's just like knowing myself better has helped me a lot. And when it comes to, there's just so many things that, that involve it because it's like the way that I think and the way that I act. So I just find little ways to cope with it. So for example, like if I have a project now and I, or like now have clients have to do a tattoo design for that appointment, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to do that first thing at the beginning of the day. Because there's like this quote that, um, my former boss and roommate told me, she's like, Oh, if you have a bunch of frogs, I don't know why it's frogs, but if you have a bunch of frogs to eat, eat the biggest frog first. So it's like out of the way Mm -hmm. because otherwise you're going to be thinking about that frog all day. And then say, if you do all the other, all your other to-do list tasks, but you didn't eat that big frog. Now you're like all those tasks that you did feel wasted because you didn't do the biggest task you were supposed to do. And then also you're that you feel like you failed because I'm like, Oh, well I didn't do the thing I was supposed to do. But then I did, I did a bunch of other stuff, but I didn't do the most important thing. And that Mm -hmm. actually needed my attention the most. Mm -hmm. So I'm learning to do that. I, the thing that I need to do the most first and I'm just learning to just be more conscious of, like, when I'm fidgety or when I'm, like, starting to get, like, overstimulated or whatever. I just learn to, like, scale things back, take a breather. And also, incorporating self-care has been, like, super, 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 super amazingly helpful for me. Because I think before I wasn't really doing a lot for myself. Mm-hmm. But now that I am doing a lot for myself and, like, doing things for me, um, that really plays a big role in just keeping my peace, too. Because mm-hmm. I'm more grounded and more centered with myself, which I think is... Um, what I need because sometimes with ADHD you kind of get distracted with everything else and you don't think about yourself so yeah. that's, that's helped a lot too. that's good yeah. nice that's interesting for me um, from my own perspective too like I when I do things I do things in like chewable bites so mm. I remember when I was in like college and university I would like the first day of school I would get the syllabus or yeah all your your assignments and your tests I'd put it all into my four, like my calendar and you'd see all the months and then I'd color code it into like tests were like, exams were red, tests were blue and oh like gosh. assignments were green. I was crazy. Yeah. I was crazy. What a Virgo thing. No, but I do that too. <laughs> so as a fellow oh Virgo, lists and colors like yes. all day. All day. That keeps me like in check. Exactly. And then what I would do is that I would do weekly tasks. I wouldn't do like, oh, read. Um, study for the study for the exam for Friday. I'm like that doesn't make everything like it's not a chewable bite. Mm-hmm. So I would be like, okay, I, I started at least a week early where I'm like, okay, important, read chapter one and two, and then do things like I'd have like five different tasks and then make sure that like I would color code. Like I wouldn't even do it by time. I would do things by like, okay, you read this chapter and then you'd have a break, like a 20 minute break, and then move on. So like it would make it a little bit better. Um, so I can totally relate to yeah. that, but I would do it like differently. I would like s- a span of like a week or two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes me think too now that having ADHD, it makes sense now because the things I just said that, that match, that don't match me with ADHD is like, I'm really organized and I love to do this and my room is really clean. So it's kind of like, it's so crazy how something that other ADHD people um, have, I feel like my Virgo side like comes together and that's why I have different things. Like I'm organized and I love to do this and whatever, which are Virgo things, but then my ADHD takes me in other ways for other things mm-hmm. so it's kind of interesting how together like makes me because that's why it's, it's all those things that i thought didn't have answers to I'm like oh now it makes sense when you like unpack it and you're like oh mm-hmm. that's why it's my virgo traits meeting my adhd traits which makes me and i'm like embracing it now and i'm mm-hmm. like oh 
that's why, like, yeah, that's why I have those bad traits that make it more difficult to live as me, but also it's what gives me the best traits about me is why I can multitask, why I thrive in, like, fast food restaurants because it's literally, like, constant stimulation. So ADHD people, like, we're really good at stimulation. I can be on my, I can be on my computer and my laptop and my phone at the same time. Like, mm -hmm. it's so easy for me. Yeah. But I think that that's, I think what's important, what's important with disorders or mental health is not to use it as a crutch, but be like, hey, it's part of who I am, but also makes me who I am. And then now, like, focus on the positives, too, because you don't want to focus on why it stops you from being from what you want to do. You're like, no, it's actually helping me in some ways, but also let me cope with the things that's hindering my like process and my daily stuff. Mm -hmm. um, OK, so like we've mentioned that we've known you for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, this is something I noticed. I felt like whenever when since you got together with kevin mm -hmm. you've been like embracing your gay side more yeah do you agree yeah no totally <laughs> yeah so like is it him or like what is it honestly i think meeting him was like a turning point for me but also like not to attach it to him mm -hmm. but it's because he allowed me to be myself mm -hmm. and then i also found myself we also found ourselves together at the same time and then allow the other person to find themselves too. Like, I never look at him as my other half mm -hmm. as much as I call him my soulmate. I look mm -hmm. at him as my soulmate in the sense of that we're both 100 and together we're 200. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what's really important for couples because I know a lot of couples and just in general in, in the world is very like, you're my other half, I can't live without you. But it's like, no, I can live without you, but we're choosing to live a life together. Mm -hmm. And that should be really emphasized now because like, why do you need someone else to live your life? Like, you're two individuals, you don't need like, it's a little unhealthy to have that attachment, I would say. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work for me. I'm not going to judge others. But, but, um, but yeah, just being with him, like, obviously, we weren't just perfect right away, but we also have n maybe fought once, and we never, like, raised our voices or anything, and it just felt like we didn't really have to have a talk about it either. It just, it just happened so effortlessly, and, mm -hmm. we, and also our growth was so exponential together and then individually because we allowed that for each other. Mm -hmm. And because I think he's more in touch with his feminine energy, mm -hmm. it kind of brings it out of me. Mm -hmm. And then um, I'm sure I bring things out of him in different ways too because we're also very different, him being um, more practical and analytical and me being more creative. Um, we bring the opposite of that out of each other because it's not like he's not creative it's just that he's not as in touch with it but now i'm bringing it out of him and then i'm not as practical and maybe business-minded and numbers and things like that and he is so he's bringing that out of me but it's so funny on the outside a lot of our friends are like you guys are the same person i was like no we're so different but because we get along <laughs> so well so i know but yeah. people that look at us oh you guys have the same hair and you guys just get along so well i'm like yeah but that doesn't make us the same people we just make our differences work for each other yeah and that's why like, i'd rather I, I mean i would have thought that i want to date someone that's like me but i'm like i actually love dating someone that's different than me but because we also respect each other we're not like why don't you think like i think we're like oh i didn't think of it that way and mm -hmm. we use it as a benefit rather than a not a benefit mm -hmm. or I disadvantage see, i see the um yeah it's very different because you've given each other the space and the room to grow mm -hmm. um and really flourish in this relationship and it's and when i first met him i was like oh he is so different and just yeah. like the change in you has been like really amazing to see. Yeah. So, oh, that's nice. Yeah. I mean, I knew when we knew your your previous relationship. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we were like hanging out. Like, oh, yeah. He was like fighting with his. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Background story. I remember I hadn't seen you for quite some time because I was living abroad. Yeah. And then I got back, and then like we were all meeting up with each other, having dinner or and coffee or whatever we were doing. And I just remember it was your first relationship and it was like a hella toxic relationship. And I remember Kim and I on the sidelines, like, what is this? Yeah. And we're like coaching you to like, not answer. Don't answer. Don't answer the phone. Don't, yeah. don't answer the phone. Um, so do you remember that? 
Yes. <laughs> of course, I was in it. You guys were just viewers. Okay, so, um, so Eric, you came out early twenties. In yes. your early twenties, um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? What that experience was like for you, being um, a Southeast Asian man. Yes. Um, and then just like grappling with our culture, because like, although in I want to say Southeast Asian cultures, Thai, Laotian, um, you have quote unquote, um, what do they call them? Like lady boys. Lady boys, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, quote unquote lady boys in Thailand, and yeah. it's so prevalent, and yeah. and it's and it's it's out in the open but it's not quite accepted yeah. in the way that you think it is mm-hmm. it, like despite them being oh yeah they're just there yeah, yeah, they're yeah. they're lady boys when they are yeah. trans folks right. um, so but they don't get the same rights and they don't get the yeah. same even the term lady boy you're yeah. not even being referred to as what you identify as yeah. you're just more so just like that's the term but it's right. not inclusive really mm-hmm. yeah. so like for you can you tell us a little bit like what your experience was like when you came out to your family and you know, just grappling with that as a, as Southeast Asian man. Yeah, um, it was. I want to like I want to say the actual coming out was easy, but it was more like internal. That was the hard part mm. because I grew up in Ancaster, where like Kim has said, is predominantly white town and still is. I'm actually well, I maybe it's more cultured now. But when I was in Ancaster, I was like, you know, there were Asians and stuff, so I wasn't like the only Asian per se. But um, but I I was definitely not there was not as many Asians as the other races, or just mostly white um, students and peers. Um, so in a way that kind of like, I was trying to fit into that mold of like being in a white town. So I didn't, I wasn't not ashamed of being Asian. I, I knew that I was Asian, but I also wasn't, wasn't keen on embracing myself and my culture. And then also like I knew that I was into, like I didn't, I didn't want to accept that I was looking at guys and into guys but I also didn't know what it meant Mm -hmm. so I didn't really I didn't really like believe in myself so for my most of my high school time I I didn't I I never identified as gay I didn't I didn't know like there was like maybe two gay people within the school and everyone knew they were like gay I guess I don't even know if they were out per se but it was kind of like they were they were like mocked about or like just Mm -hmm. kind of like everyone knew but they were but they would talk like oh like that's the gay kids I guess I don't know I don't know if it was bullying per se but it's just like it was alienating in a way but Mm -hmm. not I don't know if it was bullying but um, so I guess in a way, and I remember even walking, looking, thinking at memories, some of my closest friends and, you know, they're still my friends now. I, and I, and I know that it was just, I'm not holding it against them, but it was just when they're young and they don't know. Mm-hmm. So I remember them being like, yeah, like I'm cool with gays. Just like, don't be around me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't identify as gay then, but now thinking about it, if I, the inner gay in me heard that, it's going to think to hide. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And hearing my closest friends be like, yeah, I'm cool with gays. Just like, don't be around me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, but like. I, but I never even got offended by that because I didn't know I was gay then. I so was, like, first of all, what makes you think that I'm, you're my type? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I would say that. Yeah, but yeah. back then, because I didn't even know I was gay, I was just like, oh, yeah, you're the same. But I, I, I don't even know because I feel like those memories now back are kind of like, not blocked out, but maybe the full content of is blocked out. So I don't know if I said nothing or if I was like, oh, yeah, same. Because like, I'm just trying to fit in. Fit in yeah. But then um, when I, um, but, but I knew that like I would, you know, watch boy stuff online because internet was a thing then like mm-hmm. started to come out and then but then i would be like oh yeah i'm just waiting for the right girl 
And then, mm-hmm. like, um, to, or the right girl's gonna come around. And But then I didn't realize... I mean, I wasn't watching only guy stuff. Maybe I was watching videos that included both genders, or okay. both male and female. Right. Um, but then I would be looking at the guy. But I didn't, uh, like, I didn't register okay. in my brain, like, oh, I'm looking at the guy. Mm-hmm. But then I slowly started listening to only looking at guy videos, right? But then I would be like, oh, it's just, like, a phase, or I'm just... Like, you're not acknowledging it, but you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you're kind of doing it without the intention. But then anyways, I, but then you have that one day where you talk to yourself and you're just like, you're like, okay, I'm gay. And you just say it. And that's like, that's the moment where saying it to yourself is the biggest moment over telling to other people, telling to others, where I just remember just laying in bed like this and just like, okay, I'm gay. And you're saying it to yourself and that's like the biggest thing because that's something that you know, straight people will never have to say because you never have to go to look at yourself and be like, I'm straight. Like, no, yeah. like that's mm-hmm. the moment for gays, for yourself, where mm-hmm. you're like, I'm, and that's when I feel like that's when you truly become start, you truly open the door to being yourself. Mm-hmm. And then that happened. I feel like that was very freeing. And then I, I think, I don't think I just told my parents right away. I think it was more so when I dated my first relationship because I was like, well, I can't avoid this. I didn't want to be someone to hide it. So I told my mom first i was like hey since we're, on, since we're on the topic of getting to know each other more and talking i just want to tell you something she's like what i was like um what i don't know i was like kind of hesitating she's like no. well you got to go pregnant i'm like no the opposite <laughs> <laughs> she's like the opposite i was like so i don't think i like guys i think or girls i think i like guys she's uh-huh. like huh uh-huh. she's like really really i was yeah. like yeah and she's like oh but she wasn't mad she's like wow, I'm shocked. And, like, uh-huh. that was it. And it wasn't, like, aggressive. It wasn't anything. It was just, like, I'm just shocked. And I was, like, I understand that because, like, it's so foreign to them. It's, mm-hmm. like, unknown. And then it was just, like, I'm shocked. I was, like, yeah. And I was, like, so what do you think? She's, like, yeah. Like, like I think from what I remember, she's, like, yeah, like, you know, still, still my son. And it was very, like, my mom's uh-huh. not very affectionate in terms of, like, how she talks. So it wasn't, like, I will always love you. It was just, like, oh, well, okay, well, as long as you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel. So I don't remember it being, I don't remember like all the sentiment or anything, but I also don't remember if it was like, I also know that it wasn't negative. Mm-hmm. And then for my dad, I remember he was, um, I think we were, it was New Year's or something or Christmas, something, some sort of occasion. And then we were both drunk. And then I told him, I think, I think I just like, I don't remember because we were not sober. And then I think we were both drunk. And I told him and then him being like, he, I was just like, yeah, I just think that I'm, I think I like guys or I think that I'm gay. And then he was like, what? But like, it was a little more of a disappointment than my mom's. But mm-hmm. I remember him being like, really? Like, we never have that, like, in our family. I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, at the same time... Yeah, it's not diabetes or... Yeah, um, like, we never had that... Yeah, he's like, oh... Yeah, he's like, we just never had... No, yeah, exactly. We never had that in the family. Yeah, it was literally like, really? That's no, we never had that... I'm like, yeah, but I think that I am. But the thing is, after that, because we are both drunk, it was like, I told him, but there wasn't a true, like, I told you when we were sober and co- coherent. Yeah. It was like the next day that after that, it was just like, I don't know if he remembers. Right. And I don't know if... I told him effectively in a way that he understood. Mm. But then after that, like, that was when I was dating my first relationship. And I think they started coming around. They just put two and two together. Mm-hmm. And I feel like an Asian household dynamic is one of those things where whether it's a relationship or smoking weed, they can know about it. But it's like now it's just like an unsaid thing. Like, yeah. I know now, but don't talk about it. Mm, interesting. You know? Mm. Like, Kelsey, like, they know that we smoke weed now. But now they're like, they don't want to, like, they're cool with it. and But they don't, like, the conversation is kind of uncomfortable, I guess. Mm-hmm. But with me being gay, even now they know and they're happy with me to see them happy. It's still not addressed like, oh, like, Eric's gay. Like, they kind of still say things that are, like, not supportive. Not not not, not supportive, but, like, it's like they're tiptoeing around the, the word, right. you know? But they're fully supportive. I don't feel any, and they love Kevin in every, in every way. But I think it's just their own, their own things of the traditions that Asian culture has put into it mm-hmm. that makes it hard for them to talk about, mm-hmm. I think, like, openly. 
I think they probably grapple a lot with the language of like how they feel. Yeah. Because I do know that when I was younger, I would challenge my mother because she was so conservative. Yeah. Like she was really, she's in general a very liberal person, but she did still have some conservative ideas where um, she, I remember one time I brought a couple of friends over just like to study or something like that. And, uh, She's like, why did you bring boys to the house? I'm like, oh, we're just studying. I'm like, don't worry if they're gay. Because like, I think that was her worry as a teenage yeah. daughter, mm-hmm. right? She's like, why are you hanging out with gay people? What if you turn gay? Oh. And I was like, okay, first of all, it's not herpes like a cat. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's fine. And then I would challenge her and I said, well, and like, you know, at, at that time, the rise of like, Jerry Springer and Jenny Jones, mm. like all those TV shows are out. And I would watch it all the time. So I was already exposed to that. And I said to my mom, um, so what happens if I were gay? And she's like, are you gay? I'm like, we don't know that. I'm like, mm. but what would happen if I were? And she'd just sit there like with her sarong on and her towel <laughs> over her head. And she's just like, I don't know. I think I would be disappointed. And I said, why would you be disappointed? Yeah. And she goes, what about kids? I'm like, what about kids? I'm mm-hmm. like, the, like I'm sure that I just remember having these really difficult conversations with her at like 10, 11, 12, just being like, so what if I were, what would you do if mm-hmm. I were gay? Yeah. Because I already had people who like you in the community, you would walk around and they were not typical. They, you knew some of them were drag queens in, in the community. Like yeah. I lived downtown in Hamilton yeah. and you would have like a few people in the community that you're like, I'm pretty sure you're not straight. Like, you didn't know what it was, and you were learning about it, but you just had an idea, like, no, it's not. Why would you be disappointed? Which is which was really confusing for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, because I'd still be your daughter. Yeah. So I, that type of conversation is, like, I don't think they have that. Yeah. Um, especially if you're in a rural country in Cambodia or Vietnam or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And going back to what you were saying about um, in Thai and Lao culture with the lady boys and all that stuff, what made me realize, and now I find a lot of power in being gay in my family, is that they only know what they were raised on, and mm. they only know what they see in media. And in Thai and Lao media, and even maybe other Asian cultures, I would say, too, that the gays are like the joke. Mm-hmm. The, not, the, like, not the joke in terms of them being made fun of, but their character is the joke. Their character is a clown. Their character oh. brings in humor, and they say, like, the, ah, and they, like, they're super flamboyant. Mm-hmm. They don't show... Now they show it, because with boy love romance, which is very popping, and they're just as good as regular romance shows, if not better. Um, <laughs> like, there's, they're showing different forms of gay, like mask gays and whatever, and masculine, more masculine types of gays, and different people that don't look gay, because you don't have to look gay to be gay, mm-hmm. but they only recognize gay with the flamboyant like uh like not like the ladyboy gay mm-hmm. so that's the their only vision of gay so when i came out they're like oh like people always like the, the fear is like oh you're gonna start being more whatever whatever but i'm like well i mean no it doesn't change who i am and maybe i do want to do that but like there that's the fear of like of being the i guess being the joke because mm-hmm. that's what the media mm-hmm. and stuff is portraying gays as yeah. right and obviously they're they are gay characters and they're, they're being themselves but to to my to the older parents that's it's a joke. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in Asian culture, the biggest thing is, what are people going to say? That's right. Biggest yeah. thing in Asian culture is, what are everyone else going to say? What are they going to think of our family? Mm-hmm. So, of course, if your kid's gay, they're going to think of the gay characters from the shows and be like, oh, that's going to be 
that's what we're literally our family with. I think that's me unpacking it. I think because that's why it's hard for them to talk about, and that's why, and that's why, ma- that's why I'm making sense in my head because that's what they maybe that's also what they were mixed with what they were raised on, like the beliefs, and also what they see in Thai media. Because you know, Asian parents just be watching their shows all day, every day. We were talking about that last week. Remember, we were talking about like getting the videos and they're dubbed with the same oh, yeah. yes. characters. Yeah. So like you get the same soap opera, the same like martial arts movie or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. then the same characters that are dubbing it. Yeah. And the gay character is always the same one. That's super flamboyant. Yeah. Super. And it's the same one. And they're always, it's such a caricature, which yeah. I, I really hated growing up. Cause even not just the gay character, but even like the, 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 the sexy boy lead or the the girl or the villain. Yeah. And, and I just remember like the gay characters like ah! yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. very that. I know. I can see that. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um going back to what I was saying with the strength that it gives me is now like no, as much as it's scary, I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna be the first gay in the family, like what am I doing? But now I'm like, oh, I'm the one to show them the way. Yeah. Whereas when you're out of the when you're in the closet, it's the biggest fear. But now that I'm out, I'm like, oh, I'm the one showing them that being gay is not not being flamboyant and everything, that is also of course part of the game. There's nothing ashamed about that at all. Mm-hmm. Like more power to all forms of gay. But also that's not the only form of gay. And me being gay doesn't matter if I'm flamboyant or not, it's just me being me. Yeah. And then they see me that, I, and then when they see that I'm genuinely happy, I'm in a happy relationship, I'm literally building my life in my future, they're like, oh, being gay is not really playing a factor in that. You're actually more yourself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that they're never going to be able to say in words, but they can see it with how I'm living. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing in families. And even in Asian families, I feel like instead of, sometimes instead of actually talking about the problem like it's a therapy session, you just do it. Like, and then they just, they see with their eyes and they're like, oh, you look happy, so I'm just going to let it be. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you ever find yourself in situations where you tone down, like, yourself? Um, I would say sometimes, which is funny coming here, I, I mean, not for you guys, obviously, because we're in girls and gays and whatnot, but it's funny whenever I go to Ancash or whatever, sometimes I feel like, unex- unknowingly, I kind of go back into, like, a straight version of me, mm-hmm. and I feel like gays, or anyone in the LGBTQ community, plus community, will always have a switch because we spent our first half of our life pretending. Mm-hmm. So as you grow older, you're always able to be like, like, yeah, I'd be like, yes, bitch, let's go. And then I'll be like, hey, how are you doing today? Oh, my name's Eric. And being a server, <laughs> yes, too, that's right. I'm able to switch it. Because yeah. we spent our whole yeah. life being able to switch. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, it, it's just, I'm used to it. And I feel like sometimes I even, not knowingly, I'm being more masculine by accident, like with a deeper voice or whatever. But then when I'm drunk or have less of a filter, I'm like, yes, and my voice is higher and whatever. Yeah. But I feel like we have more of a range because we're able to tap into different energies of mm-hmm. who we want to be at the time. I did notice that when you came back to work and helped me out at the restaurant, I you code switched a little bit. Yeah. Because you saw somebody from high school. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, like, I think you recognized each other, and then you're like, oh, I know this guy. It's Brandon or whoever the hell oh, he yeah. was. And you're like, hey, man. <laughs> I was like, and I think you hadn't quite come out yet. Yeah. I mean, like, on your Instagram. I think so. You, I think, like, to people who mattered. Oh, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, not everybody... You know, yeah, yeah, you knew yeah. you were gay, yeah. right? Um, like, because there was like little inklings here and there. You posting in your Snapchat or whatever of like you at Pride or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, it's the it's the whole thing of like leaving your hometown, your small hometown, coming back, and then yeah, it's almost like a time capsule. Yes. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I would definitely say that I'm still very much happy. But I think also it helps because as people in the community, you kind of have to adapt to the situation in a way because some people may, may have different beliefs and sometimes it can be, even be hostile. So to almost protect yourself because you're used to that, you have to kind of like 
play, you read the person, and then you, you play the person that you think works for that person. So mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not so much hiding who I am anymore, but I think it, it comes with me being a people person and being really good at making people feel comfortable that mm-hmm. I can be the, per, the version of me that I feel would connect with you the most. Mm-hmm. So I'm not changing who I am anymore. I think I'm just like, hey, I feel like you understand love. Like, I'm not going to be like, hey, sis, so how's your day going? I'm going to be like, hey, how's it going? Like, are you, are you, are you mm-hmm. good? Like I, I, like, I haven't seen you since school. That's awesome. Like, I think it may come off as a more, like, straight version of me, but it's, I think it's just more of, like, a toned-down version of me that I feel suits that person mm-hmm. and not changing who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. But, I think that's why when I meet new groups, too, like, I'm very observant because I'm just like, which part of me do I, like, yeah. give to this this group of people? Yeah. Like, what are you willing to accept? Yeah. Or whatever. I think you need to go through that, like, feel the room first, and then you're like, oh, I'm going to just be me then. These people are cool. Yeah. Or you're like, oh, let me just keep it to myself, but also still contribute in a way that's still me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's good, that we're not changing ourselves anymore, mm-hmm. which I think we used to do. People may have done all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think people are living much more authentically now. Um, I kind of want to bring it back a little bit to your first boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and he hadn't quite come out to his entire family yet. Like, only a handful of people knew that he was actually gay. Yeah. Um, that was... Like, I still don't know if that's the case. I'm obviously respectful of that. And I was respectful of that in the relationship, too. But at the same time, when I was in it and I was coming out, it was holding me back. Because mm-hmm. I was trying to live more like myself and then yet I was being hidden a little bit or no a lot in that relationship as well so it was very hard of a dynamic because I was giving so much and that my partner at the time was being so involved in my life but the other way around I was like being involved but as a friend Mm -hmm. like and only a relationship when it's just us two behind closed doors Mm -hmm. so that was very hard for me because I was coming out and finding myself while also having to stay in the closet for someone else Mm. you know so that was a hard dynamic and um but at the same time it was both of our first relationships so that on top of us figuring out what it's like to be with somebody else was difficult and then our own differences um brought the worst out in both of us I don't want to say that I didn't play a role in that relationship and, and I'm learning to not like to take ownership and accountability to things that I was also involved in. I was also not the best version that I would, uh, the best version of myself, and I was not doing things that were aligned with who I am now. So as much as I went through that and it was hard for me and gave me a lot of traumas that I'm still living with now and, and things that I'm unpacking now, it also brought me to where I am now. And like, it's not fair for me to speak ill on someone that also played a role in where I am now. And also, I probably did things that did a number on them too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, who am I to carry on? Or who am I to say like that that person is still who they are now? Because I wouldn't want that to say about me because I'm a totally different person now. Yeah. So like, as my, it's, it's only like, I, I, one of these cards that I kind of, this ter- there's some oracle card that I read recently that I did for one of my readings. It was like, um, like the wasp card. It was like, sometimes, sometimes life stings, but sometimes um, you're still bringing, giving life to that pain even though the stinger was already removed Mm. and sometimes something has passed in your history and it was so painful when it first happened but you're still giving a life years later by talking about it and by sharing that story and I think for a long time because I was so hurt from that I was talking about it with myself and just in general like giving it life still but now I'm like no I can move on from it because I'm I've healed from it and I don't really need an apology to heal from it and you know I went through and it was hard but I think I learned a lot and that's what makes me appreciate my relationship now that much mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. So, because yeah. I can only imagine what it would be like to, because like you felt that you've had to tone down the gay a little bit, and then your ex boyfriend was 
basically toning all of the gay mm-hmm. um, in front of his family or like certain friends, like because I know he went to grad school yeah, or, yeah. or whatnot. Um, so I can't even like imagine what that would be like to like be fully in love with someone and then not actually wait. I lied. I do know what that feels like. <laughs> where you like are stuck with somebody and then you can't be fully like oh, in it, and then and 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 have like this open relationship where you both can thrive. Yeah. Because some person like people's journeys are not like at the same time. At the same time. Yeah. yeah. And one thing that's funny is that now that I know so much more about myself, and I just know that like I could have just. Could, it could have just been a communication like a conversation mm-hmm. but like it kind of but it's hard because I don't want to force someone else out of the closet that's right but yeah. I'm also giving myself in a way that's holding myself back but that's also not being acknowledged mm-hmm. so that's what made it so hard mm-hmm. and I think that's what's important in any relationship in general whether it's a romantic one or even a friendship one it's like just communicating like hey I would actually like this within our friendship I, th- I thought that's where, where we were but I think we might see things differently maybe we should talk about that mm-hmm. and I feel like now talking about it it seemed like it would have been an easy answer, but obviously because we also f- had such different personalities that like it was kind of more like I, I because I'm t- I was such a people pleaser and a pushover then I would just lose I would take the L and it would all be for the other person yeah. and I'd be like okay well I'll I'll I'm fine with not you know being acknowledged as your boyfriend I'm fine with not really being posted on your page and then what I am it's like I'm your friend so I'm just like okay I'll, it was me just just accepting something but part of it is because the other person wasn't hearing me out or seeing my side but also and I also wasn't speaking what I wanted either mm-hmm. I was just like so complacent and so like okay well I mean at least we're a couple when we're just us two yeah Aww. But, but yeah like I guess I could feel confident in the connection and the relationship in private yeah but it's and then you're latching onto that little bit of moment but aside all the other things that are going mm-hmm. the other way you're like yeah, yeah but that one little bit of niceness might be worth it yeah <laughs> but then well, after that relationship ended and I I'm, I I'm, I was trying to remember how in what way it ended I, I don't remember if I unfortunately did it through text or something like that but I'm like I just felt like that's what I had to do to get out of it just because like I I just kept getting lashed back into it because it's all that I knew but as as shitty that when I was trying to think I was like how did it end I'm like I know that I was at a restaurant with my friend and I was texting him and I'm like no like I'm done I can't do this anymore and I now think about I'm like it's kind of shitty that I ended it through text after three years but at the same time that's what I needed to do because I just felt so trapped oh my god it was that long yeah it was three years yeah it was like a year no it was three years of my life but and it was like (laughs) that was through high school and uh, not not high school through college yeah um but then after I came out of that I had to find myself first so I I started to work on me and then I started to like see people, like date people, like not even like fully date, just like get to know people. And then I started to go out by myself to like gay events. And then I started to really just find my individuality again because I feel like I lost that. Mm-hmm. Not only my individuality, but who I was as a person. Like I was nice and I was friendly and I knew things like that. But I also didn't really know me either because I came out and I got into a relationship mm-hmm. yeah. that I didn't, I didn't even know I was getting into a relationship. I just got into one and it just happened to fall that way because I came out and I was like, oh, everyone, like I'm actually, people want me on the market. But then <laughs> I end up in a relationship and I'm like, oh shit, I'm in a relationship now. Yeah. And then so in a way, I didn't really get to find myself. I went to a relationship. I had try to find myself in there but then I was also catering myself to somebody else Mm -hmm. so coming out of that I had to find myself and then I started to and then but when I was dating people and it didn't work out because I was working on me when it didn't work out I was like okay sick anyways I'm gonna go back to doing what I was doing Mm -hmm. whereas when you go out of a relationship and and then try to find someone else you're not really finding yourself and then when it doesn't work out you fall you break down again because you're like nothing's working out for me but when you're working on you you like and something doesn't work out you're like okay well anyways I'm gonna go do what I was doing yeah. And then the crazy thing is, after that, you can literally look... When you look through your Instagram feed, it's so crazy how you're literally, like, traveling through time. Mm-hmm. Like, when yeah. you look through your Instagram feed, it's literally a time capsule. And it's funny, out of my relationship... Before my relationship ended, it was, like, me with all these sad posts. And, like, I, I posed so straight. I was very, like, 
like mm. and then after yeah. that dyed my hair pink dyed my hair green it was just like i just came out uh-huh. of like the literal like closet again mm-hmm. and like really found myself in like i feel like it's funny how people say when you get a relationship you dye your hair and cut your hair and do all these crazy things but i like did it and then add gay flavoring to it <laughs> and i fucking dyed my hair pink and dyed my hair green but then that, i feel like i my i needed that i feel like that was my miley cyrus coming out of the disney phase yeah like her like oh. bangers phase like i feel like that was that for oh, me yeah. but but in a gay way mm-hmm. and so you, like you were literally twerking yeah like, i'm gonna <laughs> No, not literally twerking. You were, you're. <laughs> I mean, I could if I, I would if I could. But <laughs> <laughs> I was twerking my, my gayness. Yes, yeah, you were philosophically doing it. Yes. Yeah. But I feel like I needed to do that to find me, and and it, it gave me, it, and it not only allowed me to embrace my gayness, but it allowed me to embrace like my individuality, my creativity, and and who I am, and help me really find myself. Nice or stupid, ASMR videos. <gasps> Nice. I don't listen to them myself. Mm-hmm. When I am there, I'm like, ooh. It's like, hey guys, how's it going today? No. Stupid? I don't know. <laughs> it has to be visually like appealing as well. Ooh, what's, ooh. Your, what's your favorite ASMR video? Then? Like cooking. Like I like when I hear like oh, things. the sounds? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Like I like sizzle yeah. and I like like things opening and like the seal popping and mm. like, you know, like. Yes. I don't know, chopsticks, like, yeah. Fucking, but, yeah. You don't, but you don't like, like, a comb on the mic? No. Uh, no. <laughs> almost offended. It's gonna make love to my ears and my eyes. Like, fair, you know, fair, people fair. smacking their lips, like, oh, oh that's that. disgusting. Oh, that's disgusting. Like, oh, I like that. Let's go. Because we used to, I used to send Eric ASMR videos, like, all the time. Oh, like, yeah. Slime. I like, I did like the slime. I like looking at it. I also like the soap cutting. Mm, so cutting. But I will say, I think I kind of am into the sound one. Mm-hmm. But like, not maybe not the one where it's like gross sounds. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like the ones where it's a- ASMR and people are eating. And I hear, like, the funny thing is, I don't mind um, mouth chewing because I like, think in Asian culture, um, Kevin has taught me, and even for me, I never got bothered by it. Whereas a lot of people are like, I hate people that chew with their mouth. But in Asian culture, that means you like the food. Mm-hmm. So I that maybe that's why I don't find grossness when I see people eating. But obviously, if they're eating, like, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's a bit much. But yeah. I do like the sounds of like, because I think it's like stimulating. And I like like very immersive things that take you somewhere uh, even if it's just the sounds i like the immersiveness of it because i think because i like like house music and stuff it's very like dun, dun, dun. so yeah, hearing those little yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. and hearing it through there it's kind of like the same kind of feeling yeah but yeah i think i think it's nice interesting mine are gross mine are gross asmr videos Ew, what are they like pimple popping ah! like i like the pimple poppings where it's like, like does that is that asmr yeah because you're like it's like the satisfaction of something like being finished mm. right i know yeah it's like that's fair it's like I'll watch it's like you're it. feeling their relief almost yeah too. so I like oh, without having to go without having to go through it yourself yeah I like exactly. look at it yeah so I look and I'm like yo that's disgusting it's like cleaning videos yeah like, I'll sometimes oh my god one night I couldn't sleep I like went down the rabbit hole of like pimple popping videos like ingrown toenails oh my god. ingrown hair the one that like I saw was like car cleaning videos or just like really like like hoarder houses that are clean the one I saw was like this hour long video of a guy cleaning a rug. Oh, and you watched the whole thing. I didn't watch the whole thing, but oh. I remember it, it was like, it panned out like it was a huge rug the size of this room. The camera's on the top. There's like different angles. It was all slow-mo. It was wild. It was like this dirty Persian rug. <sighs> this guy's like throwing soap on. He has his rubber boots and he's like cleaning it. And then he has like this one shot where he like takes the, the squeegee and he like pushes it and you see all the waves of like dirt Whoa. Like, falling through. It's disgusting. It's disgusting but I was like yo it's so clean. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
Oh my god, you're just giving us mad views. Is that considered ASMR? I would say that, I don't know. I think ASMR is specifically related to sound. Yeah. I think that's a form of like, um, satisfaction. satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. So I think oddly satisfying. Maybe that goes under. ASMR is under oddly satisfying. Okay. I think. Because it is an odd satisfaction. Okay, yeah, I guess that's what it is. But still related, for sure. Like, still under the same umbrella. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the disgusting group. Yeah. <laughs> but I like, but I do like the, I do understand the journey of getting things clean, even if it's like a stray animal that they turn around and now they're clean and also oh, happy. Yeah. Oh. And I'm like, oh, I love those too. Yeah, I do those love like happy. transformation stuff. Yeah, transformation in any way. Because yeah. that's the transformation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's yeah. where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> where I'm at right now. Yeah. And in and, and same time, if you say those are just, yours are just disgusting and it will the internet, that is level one. Yeah. True. And that's for me, as much as I'm like, oh, like, I, you know, like, when I try to think about things that I enjoy that are weird, I'm like, but the things that I enjoy that are weird, like my kinks or whatever, which I don't even know if I have that many, I'm like, on the scale of the internet, that's, like, what I like is very vanilla. Yeah. Like, in the world of the internet, there's, what? Your kinks. Oh, I don't, I don't, I think, well, I just know that I'm learning that I know that I, um, I just enjoy intimacy a lot, like physical intimacy, but I haven't really actually explored that much into it. Um, but like that's that's something that I'm just trying to embrace that I know that I'm more of a sexual being because I'm actually a Scorpio rising, which is where my sexuality comes from, and that's why I crave like intimacy a lot more. So that's like that's what I'm starting to discover with myself, and now I want to dive into like what things I enjoy more. But um, but yeah, I haven't really. That's why like I'm so vanilla because I haven't dove into it. Not to say that I have things that I may, but I haven't. I can tell like just based off my day to day living and my intimate moments that I'm not like. No, let me suck your feet or something like <laughs> but, but I'm also like but I also haven't tried so like maybe I'll like maybe. it but that's why I'm saying like I'm True. so vanilla for what I've tried and what I at this moment in the world of kinks in the world we're literally like stepping on people and like shitting on them yeah, it's like yeah, a yeah, thing yeah, yeah, so I'm like what we're talking about is so vanilla in terms yeah, of like yeah. weird things like watching someone clean a carpet is very level one on the world of the internet True. True. so it's not that bad just to, just to comfort you a little bit it's gross though it's gross though you got nice or stupid? No. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Do you have one? Oh, yes. Can I just do... Oh, no, no. Can I do... Would you rather? Yeah. yeah. Would you rather have a separate vacation home or have your home be a vacation? Mm, separate vacation home. Mm, really? Yeah. Oh, that's true. You love... You're the one that organizes all the cottages and all these things, so you love a separate space yeah. to go to mm-hmm. to escape. Not that... No, not, not to escape, love, but I, I mean, love like, being at home. Yeah, yeah, But, but yeah, I mean, like, having that or having your house be almost like a vacation house, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm the same way. I would rather have a separate space where I'm like, I can I can escape to where I'm oh. like, okay, this is a different experience and whatever. Because yeah. like I think there's so much mundaneness in like everyday life yeah. that it's like, yeah, your home is your home and this is where you live and but like sometimes I just like don't want to be inside the home. Yeah. So I just know that wherever I was grow like living abroad, living on my own, I never made my house like a home because mm. I was never in it. Yeah. It was just like a place that I went to sleep and then I cooked. Mm. Um, it was only like a home when I invited people over to cook or, or like to host. Um, but yeah, I never felt like my home was something that like I could just be like, yes, I love my home, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right? I think my current living situation and just becoming myself and being more expressive where I love, my house is very expressive of my personality. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've liked, I've loved making my house my shrine mm-hmm. and being a creative person too because I make my art there and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's why that's where I'm at now. But I also do love a good cottage to escape to. Yeah. yeah. I would like the idea of having a cottage that's shared between like family or friends. That way like 
I mean, obviously, it'd be nice if it was just mine, but it's nice, it's cool if it's, like, a something, because you're not gonna there all the time, so you can, mm-hmm. like, take turns using it, mm-hmm. but in general, that, my answer to that question is definitely, like, I like having your home to escape to, just because it's, like, your, your, your own little haven, yeah. and your own escape from what you need, and you don't have to go somewhere for hours to, like, have peace, you can have it, like, within your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's no, it. no, like, yeah. I like traveling, I like going away, yeah. I was, like, literally telling my boyfriend, like, days ago I'm like but I love coming home like yeah my home is just like my safe space yeah, like yeah, yeah. I relax here the most like I'm the most like I don't know just it's just life. like a clear space yeah clear mind for sure you know yeah yeah but I can see your answer making sense for you too because like having a vacation home and marrying you too because mm-hmm. you do pick the best cottages yes <laughs> literally <laughs> the best cottages no. I've ever been in were organized no. by you yeah let's go get a vacation home together. we should oh my god if, well if we Calico tried Pulse had remember one, yeah, we, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we had to get the lottery. Oh, fuck. Yeah. We literally all pulled in like 50 bucks. Yeah. Individually, by the way. Not yeah. not $150 ticket for all of us. <laughs> yeah. We were in it. We were really trying to win. Yeah, that's, that's, and me that's and Kevin, pretty big. Me and Kevin went to bed like manifesting it. Like, oh, me too. No, we were like, I'm so excited for, for our cottage, guys. <laughs> we were talking about like we had it. Yeah. Oh my god. Guys, we can still break we can still break in. What was the addresses? Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. Can. I don't know. <laughs> jump on the roof and hey, I live here now. Oh, I wanna think Yes. Um thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of She's Nice Not Stupid. Where can they find you, Eric? You can find me on Instagram at 444x420 that's actually my full artist name but I went with x as like my nickname because that's way too long to say yes and so yeah that's me on Instagram I'm working on having a website and I don't really use my Facebook page because who uses Facebook anymore yeah I couldn't find anything on there (laughs) yeah so just on Instagram right now and TikTok that's where you can and oh my god and TikTok yes TikTok and Instagram 444x420 and are your books open for yeah they're open right now for November and also December taking customs and just working on making flash I'm pretty open still you know I'm liking the pace that I'm at I'm not like fully booked in any way but I'm going to be so y'all better get on it bef- well before I pop off too hard to get in touch with I'm just kidding, okay, okay. I'll <laughs> always be I always I always want to be like accessible and whatever but also like be able to create at my yeah. own free world mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. always happy to connect and create art with people so yeah hit me up okay. and let's connect <laughs> and thank you for having me <laughs> <laughs> I was literally going to say, like, thank you for coming. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to no, okay. start. Thank you. I had such a great time. I, and I appreciate the platform. And our conversation is now finally recorded. Because okay. I feel like we've had so many talks where we're like, this is such a good talk. I know, but I feel like... They're not like this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're but the, like, that's why the, the environment and the platform... Yeah, it's like way more chaotic. Yeah, yeah. but the environment <laughs> and the platform, like, made it the conversation that we much We should get more. drunk. And then just that's, not, that's our plan. That's our next <laughs> plan yes. to get drunk. No, no, no. You should have nice episodes and stupid episodes where you get drunk on the stupid episodes. <laughs> this is why you are a brand a consultant like yes. obviously thank you for shutting me out when you were do, like we're Eric's a creative a genius cottage. that was very like affirming for oh me my god, oh my god are girls and gays like or you mean just you in the small interview with one person or like no, just no. our group like girls oh my and god. gays cottage yes. bring the mics bring the laptops and then we have to have games too <laughs> yeah oh, it's a she's nice not stupid party yeah <laughs> or it would be so sick if you had a, like some sort of sign or something well I mean my extra self is like a sign that's a neon sign and then it has nice or stupid but it's one of those things where you have a switch where it's the same like neon sign but it switches for nice or stupid but it's the same word made from both you know what I mean those tattoos where you look at it one way and it's like two numbers or or you just have a sign that's just like like an open and close sign are we doing a nice or a stupid session today (laughs) that's easier that's That's easier that's crazy it's so on brand that is super on brand Um, and so you can find me on Instagram Miss Pum M-I-S-S-P-O-U-M
You can find me, Kim, at S-U-P. K-I-I-M, sub Kim on Instagram. <laughs> TikTok too, but like it's shit. Uh, Did you forget or are you going to use your fake, you're going to fake your, your fake model page? No, because I was like, what order do I say this in? <laughs> like, do I say like my name and then like what, what media? I, whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> um, and you can find us at She's Nice Not Stupid on Instagram, TikTok, email us. As she says, how stupid at gmail.com. Mm. And um, like we said, um, leave us a voicemail on the Anchor app, and we'd love to hear from you. So, like, review us, share with your friends, and um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.